Hello, this is Brian Albright. Welcome to the DE 24-7 podcast. I'm here today with Vincent Perrier, CEO of NextFlow Software, and we're going to be discussing uh, next generation CFD. Uh, welcome to the program, Vincent. Thank you, Brian. Uh, thank you for hosting me and, uh, and welcome to uh, all the listeners to, uh, to this podcast. To kind of start this discussion about where CFD is going, could you talk a little bit about, you know, this idea that, uh, you know, there's really more to it than just CFD. There's not one type of CFD that is really suitable for every engineer that, that is going to fit every uh, scenario. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, today, we uh, we can see that, that there is a variety of uh, different methods and approaches and tools to uh, to CFD. Uh, of course, there, there are some, some dominant methods and tools that are industry proven. They've been used for uh, decades and the tools are really mature and really good at uh, what, what they do. Um, but as the, uh, the problems get more and more complex, more and more specific as the combination of physics that we want to simulate uh, also become uh, more and more complex. Sometimes, I would say the the, the the general purpose CFD solution that engineers use every day and that can address maybe very well 80% of their problems. Um, maybe sometimes this general purpose CFD will, will hit some, some limits and they will need to, to look for alternative uh, CFD. And, and in that sense, I really... We really think that uh, at NextFlow Software that there's no one CFD uh, fits all, but uh, depending on the um, the problem at hand uh, to be solved by the engineer, there's certainly the the CFD method best suited out there, uh, providing the the right combination of characteristics uh, that will be delivered the best results for uh, for what's being studied by the engineer. Well, what should engineers really be looking for in this sort of next-gen CFD platform? Sure. So, um, as I said, the the engineers need to find and use the uh, the CFD method that that is the most adapted to so, to solve their problem at hand, and potentially this may require um, using multiple methods at uh, at once, and um, either with some tightly coupled. Uh, simulation, or in some cases, co-simulation, or uh, um, uh, or in other cases, um, loosely coupled simulation. So CFD uh, CFD method is really the uh, the result of multiple physical assumption and and numerical model choices. And today we we can see on the market probably uh, three main families of uh, of methods. Uh, you have the uh, the well-known finite volume. And you could have kind of um, subsets in infinite volume. You have the traditional body fitted, and you have the uh, newest um, uh, immersed boundary octree-based Cartesian finite volume. Uh, then you have a family um, of so-called particle-based methods, and then the, um, the third family would be the the lattice Boltzmann LBM uh, method. And depending on various criteria. Engineers can have a look at the strengths and weaknesses of each of those methods. And some criteria, just example, could be uh, how easy uh, it is to, um, to do the meshing, to do the, the pre-processing, how long it takes to do the, uh, the simulation setup with those methods, 
then what are the capabilities of those methods if body motions or contacts deformations are involved? Uh, do they need to simulate turbulent boundary layers? Uh, are there uh, any multi-phase um, uh, considerations or free surface that they need to pay attention to? What other complex physics are involved? Compressible flows, uh, supersonic flows, thermal analysis, high density. There are a lot of criteria, and some methods are uh, are better uh, for, for, for criteria than, uh, than others. When we're talking about these next-gen platforms, uh, could you discuss the you know the trade-offs between accuracy or fidelity and computation times, uh, and how that's changing given some of the advancements we've seen in the compute platforms? Sure. Um, so when we look at next-generation CFD, um, I believe it it really needs to provide the the optimal ratio uh, between accuracy and and computation time depending on the engineer's objectives. So uh, as you know, CFD is more, more and more shifting left into the design cycle. This means um, once initially used at detailed design stage, now CFD is also moving up the, uh, the design cycle into concept or early exploration stages. And depending where you are at this stage, maybe the need for uh, accuracy uh, is not that important. Maybe when you are detailed design stage, you want a lot of, you want as um, much accuracy as possible. But when you are early in the concept stage, maybe you just want to have a, a global overview. And and what really really matters is uh, to get the the fastest computation computation as possible. Uh, and and maybe just uh, relative comparison of uh, of designs and not absolute uh, detailed uh, uh, values um, uh, with, with regards to uh, to physics calculation so that's in theory some methods could be expected to be more accurate than others but it's it's really use case dependent so in depending on the criteria I was explaining um, before uh, if even if you try to use the um, the most accurate method in theory that, that you think would uh, would work best, but maybe the, the use case will make this particular method um, not really applicable and you will not get significant results. And, and after that, um, there are also multiple ways of implementing uh, a method and optimizing it for uh, accuracy or, uh, or uh, computation time. Uh, and then you also want to have a look at uh, how the different uh, numerical models, the uh, the different discretization choices, and, and other parameters that were uh, made by the, um, the developer, the vendor of the um, uh, the CFD tool in support of the uh, the simulation you want uh, you want to achieve. But your your question was also about um, computation platforms. Um, so I indeed. Um, I think we we see two uh, two very important trends in in, com in computation platforms. Uh, first of all, it's uh, GPUs are becoming uh, uh, more and more uh, important. And second trend could be also a virtualization. Uh, there's really a large choice of computation platforms available to users, and um, I believe that the CFD solutions need to to adapt and to support the the best platforms. Uh, that the, uh, the customer has 
chosen for uh, for this particular design stage and this particular uh, use case. So, for example, maybe um, user wants to use laptops and workstation for running quick simulation as accurate as possible, but with no, I would say, imperative uh, on, on accuracy at, at earlier design stages. And maybe they want to benefit from the, uh, the GPU uh, accelerator on their, um, on their uh, laptop or, or workstation. So that could be one possibility. Uh, or maybe um, for detailed simulations at later design stages, they want to use uh, HPC clusters. And in that case, depending on their strategic choice, may, maybe they have CPU um, clusters, maybe they have GPU clusters, maybe they have mixed CPU, GPU. So the goal for uh, CFD simulation is really to uh, make uh, the most of the computation platform and benefit from all uh, computation resources uh, available to uh, uh, to them. So um, the the ultimate goal is always to reduce the computation time uh, because this is uh, time that costs uh, money and this is also time that delays design choices and ultimately the uh, time to market for for the product being uh, being designed. You mentioned that uh, we're seeing simulation move further and further back into the design process. Can you talk a little bit about the role of automation in that type of environment where you're seeing more simulations and they're being conducted by uh, you know, designers who are not necessarily expert engineers in, in those particular types of simulation roles? That's right. Today, um, simulation is, is here to answer uh, questions or problems uh, that uh, design engineers have and I would say for, for many years, design engineers uh, have been relying on, on experts, uh, simulation analysis engineers to run simulations, to be able to have the understanding of the physics uh, at play and also the capability to analyze and understand the, uh, the results that they, they observe. I think to some extent that will be always uh, true into very detailed phases I would say later into design stages, but more and more uh, when shifting left and when um, addressing um, simulation in early uh, stages, yes, you you want simulation to, um, I would say, in in a very simplified way to be kind of a push button and and to to provide uh, accurate uh, and, uh, and and results that you can trust that you can trust, but very easily for uh, for the engineer. Um, so today, um, if you look at where engineers uh, spend time in simulation, they spend time in pre-processing. So this means setting up their simulation, preparing all the files of the parameters, uh, all the scripts, and, and to, to launch the simulation. Then obviously there is the computation time, and, and we, we talked about this before. The goal is always to reduce computation time as much as possible. And then after that, engineers uh, retrieve the computation results and do all the post-processing and the analysis to understand, first of all, to retrieve the data, to uh, organize the data, to present the data in a way that is uh, possible to be analyzed by, by a human, to do some 3D rendering, to analyze the results, and to be able to make informed decisions on um, on the design and, and to be able to answer the, uh, the initial design question they uh, they had. Really, when we look at the, the productivity of, uh, of engineers using simulation tools, the goal for any uh, 
provider of simulation uh, solution is to reduce all this time that engineers spent and automate as, as many tasks as possible. So in, in pre-processing, this means that ideally, this pre-processing time has to be as, as short as possible and ultimately like as easy as a, as a push button. So this means engineers should be able to start from their CAT files and launch the simulation uh, right away. So all the CAT cleaning or CAT optimization phase phase or any meshing phase, all of that should be automated with some advanced tools. So uh, you do not need uh, any any expert who, who knows the, um, the ins and outs, the in-depth of how the uh, solver works to adjust uh, the, the CAD and the, the, and the mesh to, uh, to the needs of the solver. This has to be automated by uh, advanced tools. Uh, and, and the same way, um, if you have thousands of um, parameters to tune before you'll be able to launch your simulation, that, that's just too complex. You, simulation parameters need to be limited to a um, few fine-tuning parameters. And ideally, you should rely on, on predefined settings for identified use cases, if possible, to make the, the life of uh, engineers easy. And then with regards to all the, the post-processing, Sometimes post-processing involves also some, some computation for uh, doing some rendering or for some doing just post-processing the data. All of that should be also made automatic. And I think the key uh, for making post-processing really effective uh, is to have um, dedicated tools that, again, address uh, the application domain of the engineers. So if application engineer, uh, well, if uh, if design engineers are used to uh, view some designs in a particular way or to uh, have a look at some particular figures, uh, then the post-processing tool should present the data the way that design engineers are used to, uh, to using them. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Vincent. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, Brian. And thank you to everyone who was listening to me.